I have a confession. I don't like doing this in front of you lot, but I'm going to anyway. There was only two times in my whole school career where I got into trouble. One time I'm never going to tell you about. But I will tell you about this time. Don't even bother asking me about the other one. When I was eight, at primary school, I got into trouble for not respecting my head teacher. And I was sent to the head teacher, and I had to stay in for five playtimes, which I thought was harsh at the age of eight. And the reason? We had an assembly. And uh, assemblies in my day were hysterical, really, because we had this really old head teacher, and we used to have choir practice. And uh, once he broke the piano, because he was that cross with us for not singing loud enough. But this particular uh, assembly was slightly different. He was telling us the story of Moses. And he was telling us the well-known story of Moses travelling through the Red Sea. And uh, he showed us pictures from his children's Bible. And we were all very happy. And I was very pleased. I knew the story. I felt chuffed because I could answer all the questions. But then he turned round and said, very clearly, but obviously there are many reasons why the Red Sea parted. And none of them had anything to do with God. Maybe it was an earthquake, he said. Or maybe there was a freak storm that happened. But of course, God, if he exists, had nothing to do with it. Now, me, in my little eight-year-old state, thought that was awful and stood up in front of a hundred pupils and said, that's a load of rubbish, it's all to do with God. And I got five lunch break time detentions for saying that. Yes, I knew you'd feel sorry for me. Thank you, I was only eight. I had to stay in for five um, lunch times just because I stood up for what... I believed in. But the sad thing for me was that most of my friends then spent the rest of the playtimes going, well, of course, the school teacher's right, had nothing to do with God. It it was all to do with an earthquake. And I'm sure there are children still in Bath, well, adults now, same age as me, who believe that actually the Red Sea never was parted by God and it was all to do with some freak storm or something. Many people say many different things. Many people attempt to give us loads of different advice. My New Year's resolution, apart from once again giving up chocolate, was to try and lose a little bit of weight. So we got loads of diet books out, read loads of stuff to try and help us understand what's the best way to lose weight. Unfortunately, uh, there were two things I found. You had to go to the gym and you had to give up chocolate. Two things I'm rubbish at. But we found so many different things about how you could lose weight. Some said actually chocolate was good for you. Some said chocolate was bad for you. Some said watermelon was good for you. Others said watermelon was bad for you. Some said that eating just cabbage will be brilliant for you. I said that was really bad for you. Um, Cabbage is not the way to lose weight. There's so much advice out there. So many different things that we are told. What on earth? Do we believe? Now, we're all good Christian people here, aren't we? Yes, we are, Claire, I know that. We're all good Christian people. And obviously, we believe that the primary source of where our information and knowledge should come from is this good book. Anybody agree with me? Oh, phew. Obviously, we should choose to believe what this says over anything else. 
But think for a moment. Have you been worried about anything in the last two years? Oh, good, I'm not the only one. What about the last six months? Anybody the last six days? No, some people said no. This Bible passage maybe should say something to us. 1 Peter. Why should I worry and fret when I can cast all my anxiety on Christ who cares for me? Obviously, this is the book we should believe. Yet all of us just said we've worried about something. The Bible is very clear in lots of places about how we shouldn't worried, worry or get stressed about stuff because there's a God there who loves us, provides for us, is there for us and therefore we don't need to worry. Corrie Ten Boon, who um, some of you will know, she was a, a, a lady who her, her sister and her father were uh, caught up in a, a concentration camp uh, during the Second World War and she says some pretty stunning things, I think about worry. First of all, she says, when I look at the world, I get distressed. When I look at myself, I find I get depressed. But when I look at Jesus, I found rest. But then she goes on to say, worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. She was a Christian lady who believed, chose to believe, even in the hardest of situations that Jesus' word was stronger than how she felt or what everybody else around her was saying. Why do we worry and fret when I can cast all my anxiety on Christ who cares for me? We're going to go through a few more of these. Things that the Bible says that I think all of us are probably a little bit guilty of trying to ignore because we feel different or we hear different things. Let's look at another one. Why should I say I can't when the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength? Has God ever asked you to do anything and you've bottled out on him? Said, God, it's too scary, it's too hard, it's too embarrassing, I don't want to do it. Maybe it's doing something for him, telling someone else about him, facing a situation you don't really want to deal with, dealing with something in your past that you don't want to deal with. Whatever it is, saying, God, I don't want to do it. I can't do it. It's too scary. Oh, the amount of times I've said that to God. But I've had my confession for the night, so I'm not going to indulge anymore. The amount of times we've said, I can't. We're uh, going to China in May, and I'm so excited. I wanted to go to China since I was about four to go and cuddle a panda bear. And uh, I'm hoping to do that, actually, so that will be exciting. But um, in my, my research about China, which we're trying to do a lot of and learn Chinese and stuff, I remembered a book that I read when I was probably about 14 about a lady called Gladys Elward. She was a little lady. In fact, uh, in Chinese, she was called Little Lady. But she was from London, and she uh, was around in the 1930s. And she, when she was about 14 years old, went to a meeting of a missionary. A missionary from China was stood there, uh, uh, preaching in a church down the road from her. And she went along to hear him. 
And she had heard very clearly that night God say, Gladys, I want you to go to China to tell other people about Jesus. Now remember, this is 1930. She is a 14-year-old girl. And guess what she says? Oh God, please not me, I don't want to go to China. They hadn't got the kind of airlines we have now where you get your DVD player and your uh, comfortable seats and nice food. They hadn't got the free passage that we have now. They didn't have the comforts and she didn't have all the books to read about China. But she heard very clearly God say, I want you to go to China. And she very clearly said, God, I really don't want to. And over the next few years, she ended up working for M&S, Marks and Spencers. And then she worked in a, um, a, a richer lady's house. And God again and again said, Gladys, I want you to go. I want you to go. I've got a job for you. And so when she was 18, she stood up and she said, God, and she said this verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What a brave lady. So what did she do? She got on a train and she went from here to China. She had to take a detour because Russia and China had fallen out. So she eventually got there four years later and spent the rest of her life telling people about Jesus She's an incredible lady. If you want to read about her, I've got some books on her. She's amazing. But the moment for her was when she admitted she couldn't do it herself. She needed God. And she believed what this passage said. She didn't listen to what her feelings were saying. She didn't listen to what probably everyone else was saying to her. She said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. She's an incredible woman. We should listen to what she says The next couple, I think we're all needing to hear. Why should I feel worthless when Christ became sin on my behalf, that I might become the right, that through him might become the righteousness of God? Or why should I feel worthless when Christ became sin on my behalf, that I might be right with God through him? Why should I feel like a failure when I'm a conqueror in all things through Christ? This is Brad Pitt. (laughs) covering your eyes. This is uh, Charlie Theron. This is Jude Law. And this is Gwyneth Paltrow. Aren't they lovely? Actually, Brad's not looking his best, but uh, it was a good picture. Anybody feeling ugly yet? Maybe it's just me. I uh, sometimes watch those glitzy kind of moments on the telly where they have those TV awards and there are all these lovely people walking up and down and I think goodness my life's so boring they're all kind of having a really good time I'm trying to give up reading Heat magazine because I think that would be good for me because all I see is all these lovely ladies uh, parading around with size three waists (laughs) who do we listen to about our own self-worth who do we choose to believe about what we should look like? Who do we choose to believe about the kind of people we really, really are? The Bible says so much about who we are. Let me read you a few of the passages. Ephesians 2 verse 19, you belong to God's family. Psalm 139, you made my whole being, you formed me in my mother's body. I praise you because you made me in an amazing and wonderful way. What you've done is wonderful. 
I know this well. You saw my bones being formed as I took shape in my mother's body. When I was put together there, you saw my body, it was, it was formed. All my days are planned for me. And then I guess one of my favourite passages in the whole Bible, Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's workmanship. Some translations say artwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared us to do. Why do we feel worthless and a failure when these things that are written in the Bible are there and true? You are God's workmanship, artwork, created by him and for him. You are God's artwork. Believe that. And how we feel about ourselves changes quite considerably. Another one. Why should I fear when the Bible says God has not given me a spirit of fear, but one of power, love and a sound mind? Very quickly, tell the next door neighbour what you're scared about. What one thing are you really scared about? Spiders. (laughs) Okay, anyone say spiders? I hoovered one up this afternoon. You said spiders. Spiders are really scary. Anyone say the dark? I used to be very scared of the dark, and then I went camping and discovered the dark in my house wasn't actually that dark, so it was all right. We're sometimes scared of silly things like spiders, but uh, some of us may be more scared of more serious things. (coughs) Apparently, 63% of us are scared about the future. I thought that was quite low, actually. (laughs) A lot more of us were scared about what has happened in the past. Some of us are scared of God. Some of us are just scared about life. The Bible's very clear about fear. It says that we can come to God with freedom and without fear, so we don't need to fear God. It says we can trust in him and rest in him. And because we have him with us, we don't need to fear the future, because however hard it gets, he will always be there for us. We're never alone. We don't need to fear, because God has given us a spirit, not a spirit of fear, but one of power and love and a sound mind. Finally, I could talk on these forever, but we'll just do one more. Why should I ever be in bondage knowing that where the Spirit of God is, there is freedom. The only time I've ever been late for a church meeting was when Joel Harris handcuffed me to the stairs of the Harris Bannisters. (laughs) And we could not find the key. It's half past seven, I'm supposed to be at a church meeting, have been babysitting for the Harrises and got handcuffed there for 20 minutes. Eventually, fortunately, Kerry found the key because I was about to break Joel's favourite cowboy handcuffs. I don't remember the Holy Spirit helping me at that time. It would have been very handy if he had. But the Bible makes it very clear that we are prisoners to all kinds of things in our lives, not just Joel Harris's handcuffs. Fears past experiences, smoking, alcohol, drug addictions, pain, parents, children, bad experiences, abuse, relationships, both past and present, feelings of poor self-worth, depression, you name it, the Bible talks about it holding us 
stopping us being free. And one of the things the Holy Spirit comes to do is to set us free from all of these things. Sometimes he does it in a mighty, powerful way at once, just deals with it, gone. Most of the time, he deals with things a bit more gently. He's a gentleman. Over a long period of time, through prayer, through others praying for us, sometimes through counselling, God sets us free from the things that are holding us back, tying us up. God's spirit gives us freedom. Freedom to come closer to God. Freedom from the past. Freedom from destructive habits. Freedom. God's spirit wants to set us free from whatever holds us back from him and from living a life that is worthy of him. I could go on and on. There are so many scriptures like this. So many scriptures that actually if we believed our life would be completely changed. We wouldn't be fearful. We wouldn't have a bad self-image. We wouldn't be bound by things. If only we believe what the Bible really said, then our lives would be completely different. In your seats, you will see a piece of paper. Hopefully at the end, if you haven't got one, put your hand up and so someone might pass you around. We've only got 40, so you might need to share a few. These are just uh, a few things, a few things that the Bible says you can do. You can do. Because of who God is and who he thinks of you.